Startup Nation. This is Dr. Carol. I'm just here, wanted to give you guys some helpful tips and things to remember as we move and navigate through this unprecedented uh, health pandemic. The first thing you guys want to remember is please wash your hands thoroughly and frequently. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds under warm water with soap. If you do not have access to a sink with warm water and soap, please use hand sanitizer um, that contains at least 60% alcohol. The next thing you want to do is please avoid large crowds and social gatherings. As young people, our immune systems are typically healthier and so we can be asymptomatic, which basically means that we can carry uh, the virus if we come in contact with it and our immune system will recover. But we also pose the risk of spreading it to those who are immunocompromised or who have chronic health conditions and our older people. So please avoid large, large crowds if you can. The next thing I would say is use respiratory hygiene. If you have to sneeze, if you have to cough, please cover your mouth in your sleeve, not with your hands. Please avoid touching your hands and face after you've done this as well. And please, again, wash your hands. And lastly, if you feel sick, if you have any of these symptoms, which is high fever, uh, initially a dry cough or fatigue, please seek medical help early. If you've been exposed to someone who might have had the virus or been in contact, please stay at home to avoid spreading the virus to anyone else. Again, this is something serious, so we don't want to take it lightly. But those are just some helpful tips and reminders uh, for you guys as we navigate through this pandemic. I hope you guys have a great day and uh, stay safe. The Startup Life is powered by Canvas People. Startup Nation, my wife and mom are always getting on me about taking pictures of my daughter with my phone and never sharing it with them. They say I'm holding the pictures hostage, which I think is just absurd. But if I'm being honest, Startup Nation, I just forget all about those pictures. Also, with my busy schedule as an entrepreneur, the month of May always creeps up on me. And if I forget Mother's Day, trust me, I'm going to have bigger problems on my hands. But this year, I won't have that problem. That's because my friends at Canvas People have my back. CanvasPeople.com is where you can upload your photos from your phone and print them on canvases. Their site is easy to use and shipping is quick. They also have other items you can put your phone photos on, such as a nice custom tabletop to go in the office of your business and even NFL themed ones to support your favorite team. Trust me, Startup Nation, you're gonna love Canvas People. And I have a special code that you can use to get an 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. That's right, Startup Nation, free. This is a $76.99 value. All you have to do is pay for shipping and handling. Get your own 11 by 14 Canvas People print for free. Just visit canvaspeople.com, upload your photo, and enter this special promo code, Startup. This is a special limited offer for today's listeners. So go to canvaspeople.com today and use the code STARTUP for your free print. So if you're ready to win Mother's Day or any other special occasion, remember my friends at canvaspeople.com where you can get a photo of your favorite people on great canvases. The Startup Life is powered by Ladder. Startup Nation, as an entrepreneur, you are the engine that powers your business. We have had many entrepreneurs on the show from those that played Division II basketball, quite a few Ironman participants, and even an NFL quarterback. And the one thing they all have in common is that they know getting early morning workout wins leads to business success for the day. However, it's super important what fuel you use for your workout to get that early morning success. And that's where Ladder comes in. Ladder is a sports nutrition company founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party that is trusted by all major professional sports organizations, including the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more to verify the highest standards for quality, but more importantly, safety. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Personally, I like superfood greens. Not only does it include the most essential nutrients that are hard to get in your diet, like magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, and vitamin D, they also included the Rodelio root, which helps keep you healthier when stress is high, but also it helps support immunity according to many studies. Use code BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off at ladder.sport. So maybe you're not trying to be a four-time league MVP or a seven-time Mr. Olympia, but you still need the tools to elevate your health that elevates your business. So go with Ladder and prepare to get better every day. 
It's time to be about that life, the startup life. Here's your host, Dominic Lawson. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life, the show for entrepreneurs and career-minded professionals. And today, Startup Nation, we have a fantastic guest on the show. Look, with everything going on with coronavirus, COVID-19, however you want to call it, I know a lot of business owners are trying to figure things out. And one thing we always say here on The Startup Life, that when there's a downturn, that means there's opportunity. There's opportunities to find markets. There's even opportunities to do professional development to make yourself even better as a leader of your organization, which is why we have the perfect guest for you today on the show. He is a leadership and development coach and executive coach at Unity Group. He's an opinion columnist at CEO World Magazine, and he's also the author of CEO Mastery Journey, Seven Breakthrough Practices That Propels Successful Leaders to Greatness. He is Sudhir Chattalavada. How's it going, Sudhir? Doing great, Dominic. Thank you. Great to be on the show. All righty. Are you ready to pour some knowledge in the startup nation today? It will be a pleasure. I'm looking forward to sharing it with your viewers and listeners. Sounds good. Sounds good. So let's hop right into it, Sue, here. So just kind of share with us your origin story, your background, and uh, how you got to this point in your career today. Great question. Thank you. You know, I grew up, Dominic, in in India. I came over 30 years ago to the U.S. uh, when I was 22. Mm -hmm to get my master's degree in engineering. So my early life was in India. And ever since I remember myself, I have to say I've always been fascinated by human nature, human psychology, you know, what inspires people and how do leaders manage to inspire so many people to follow them towards a great cause. Gotcha. So ever since I've known myself, you know, that's 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 been my interest. Thank you for sharing that. And so sure. just kind of talk about yourself, you know, as a, as a kid growing up, how were you as a student? Were you a good student? Were you an okay student? Uh, did you get in, a little, <laughs> get in a little trouble from time to time as a kid? Kind of share with me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, I have to say I was a, I was a pretty good student. Okay. You know, I, was, I was very driven, as I said. And my goal, my goal in life, Dominic, even at a very young age, is how do you get the most of your life? You know, that, that seemed to be my passion. So... You go to school, so at least till about 12th grade, I was very much into learning and knowledge, et cetera. Gotcha. And I used, the, I used the free time into, I want to develop myself as a whole person, so heavily into sports. Okay. And, and later on in, in teenage years, learned more about communication and speaking and debating. But my early life uh, was primarily focused on sports, education, and building a well-rounded life. I was fortunate to have a good family and good social circle around me. So all this was possible with, uh, you know, very little effort. For sure. What sport did you play, Sudhir? Cricket was an Indian sport. I don't know if you're familiar with that, similar to baseball. A little bit, a little bit. I actually, um, <laughs> um, I, I'm a big fan of Hindi films. And, and oh, so you are. <laughs> I, I, see, uh, I, I see cricket played in a few films from time to time. So while I don't know the any strategy or any rules, I do uh, you know, see it from time to time in like Hindi films and stuff like that. So I'm somewhat familiar with it. <laughs> My favorite sport though is tennis. Okay. So, so growing up, I used to play cricket, ping pong, tennis, badminton, mm-hmm. another Asian sport. I was also into track initially, you know, 100 meters, 200 meters, long okay. jump and high jump. But in my mid to late teens, I got serious into into tennis. So when I got here at 22, I pursued that for quite a few years. And at one time, I was hoping to to get serious into tennis. You know, maybe with the right training, I could have probably gone into the pro circuit. But, you know, didn't didn't pursue that, but very much into tennis. I hear that. I hear that. In Startup Nation, he actually mentions uh, Boris Becker in one of his stories uh, in the book. And we'll get to that uh, a little <laughs> later, for sure. Yes, so, so yes. I, I wanted to ask you uh, this here, because as you know, we're kind of dealing with world pandemic and stuff like that. And I want to share with Startup Nation some of the ways that some of our guests are adjusting to our new normal. So and we, you talked about it a little bit off air, but kind of share with Startup Nation, you know, uh, what are you seeing out there? What's your new normal right there? When you're talking to clients and stuff like that, uh, I know yeah. you have a client later on today. Uh, when you're talking to clients, what are they telling you? What are they seeking from you as an executive coach, as a leadership coach? You know, firstly, I have to say, Dominic, you know, obviously we're in unprecedented, uncertain times. Right. But clearly there is a silver lining. 
you know, I, I, not just me, but some of my best clients, you know, see a great opportunity in this also. You know, there, there's a quote which says, never let a serious crisis go to waste. And I think this, this is a crisis for us, you know, where we, we can really take advantage of the situation and really pursue what's more important in life. You know, I, I, I think in the past few years, you know, we got quite caught up, you know, in, in our careers and growth, all of which is good. But when you lose the balance, even the growth and career can get affected. Yeah. So, so there is that sensitivity and openness to many of the clients and businesses that I talk about. You know, we spend so much time in business and careers, at least half our waking time. You know, wouldn't it be nice to make it more meaningful? Right. Why compartmentalize our life? You know, many people, what they do, Dominic, is, you know, you spend eight to ten hours at work primarily focused on using your mind and intellect, making a living and growth. And then, you know, how about the other facets of our life, which are equally important? Emotion, you know, you know how do you express your emotions with friends and families? And also spirit, you know, what's most important in life? What's the purpose? You know, how do you contribute? How do you serve? So by compartmentalizing our life, you know, it gets so busy and so hectic and the maximum amount of time that we spend at work is not as meaningful for a lot of people. Right. And and unfortunately, as you know, and according to the Gallup poll, in the last 30 years, the employee engagement hasn't moved. It's right. been stuck at, at 30%, in spite of all the remarkable shifts that they have made in technology and growth. Absolutely. Now we, are the, we are the richest nation on, on earth. So what is it, right? What, why is the employment engagement, employee engagement so low? It really comes back to purpose and meaning and managing stress. So the answer to your question, you know, a lot of cutting edge thinkers and leaders and businesses have been talking about this for a while. And this crisis is an opportunity to dig deeper into that, you know, know, and work on human. People talk about human capital and employees, right? So let's really put that into practice now. You know, how do you take care of each other? You know, how do you empathize and deal with the situation? So I'm getting really busy working on that stuff, you know, on coaching, on mindfulness and, uh, you know, employee engagement and aligning the cultures. So it's been a busy time. Thank you for sharing all of that. And you're so right. You know, we get so busy and bogged down with the day to day, uh, you know, transactions, email and reports and stuff like that, that we did, as you said earlier, kind of lose that balance. Uh, which mm-hmm. is so important uh, in our life, but also in work as well, you know. And so I imagine, like you said, you're going to dig deep with your clients and stuff like that. But let's dig deep into your book, uh, if yeah. we can suit here. Uh, once again, Absolutely. Startup Nation, uh, the book is CEO Mastery Journey, Seven Breakthrough Practices That Propel Successful Leaders to Greatness. So, suit here, let me ask you this before we kind of dive into the book. What made you write this book? Was something out there missing? You know, what kind of prompted this book? Great question. You know, as I said, I've been thinking about leadership, living life to the fullest. Now, these were, these were my two existential questions, you know, for over 30 years, Dominic. You know, how do you make the most of our life and how do you lead and inspire others to give their best? Now, these were, this, this was the quest I was on. So, so in my quest, obviously, you know, I looked at a lot of stuff and the leadership books that are written. And what I find is the books like Good to Great and many other wonderful books describe what great leadership is all about. But, the, but there's no description of how do you get there? Okay, I understand what great leadership looks like, how it's demonstrated, but if I want to become a great leader, you know, what are the steps I need to take? So since that was my own personal journey, I took the journey myself first. And once I dis- discovered the steps, you know, I said, okay, now I want to share this with people because there's a lot of hunger and desire, as you know, Dominic. I think everybody has that question fundamentally within themselves. How do I make the most of my life? Now, how do I inspire others, myself first, and others to give their best? Thank you for sharing that. I want to ask a quick follow-up because you talked about in order to kind of teach or share that journey, you went through the journey yourself. And I always, you know, see how the best teachers do exactly that. They they go Mm -hmm. through the journey uh, themselves so that way they can have not only the experience of, you know, that journey, but also kind of share their own type of personal uh, anecdotes, their own type of personal kind of spin on it. Why is that important for leaders 
to kind of literally walk the walk before they talk to talk? It's fundamental. I, I think it's one of the most important requirements. You know, you know, speak, many of us, you know, with, with education and background, we can articulate and speak it. But unless you follow through, which is the toughest thing to do, right. especially in the area of mastery and leadership, you know, having the courage to be open and having the courage to be vulnerable, having the courage to be empathetic and grateful, no, th- those are tough. So it's easy to say that, but Absolutely. unless you unless you have lived that yourselves, you know, it comes across, Dominic. You know, the, your your body language and the way you see it, people can see through that. You know, you, even even listening to the voice or you know, watching you on Zoom or TV, you can tell if a person is just saying it or has this person lived it and experienced this in his own life. And once you experience that, you know, then it becomes more authentic. You know, you connect with people at a deeper level. You can understand what one is going through. And that's the first step in coaching anyway. You know, it's, it's not about what I know. It's about connecting with the person first, understanding where he or she is. So that's why going through this journey is so important, because if you don't, you miss that. Startup Nation, I hope you caught that, because, you know, Suit here brings up a very a uh, very strong point because uh, leadership and building relationships is all about being genuine. It really is. And if people can't tell that you're genuine, they will, uh, they will pay, may not follow you. They may even call you out uh, from time to time, which can be <laughs> a bit embarrassing right. as well. So uh, thank you, Sue, here for sharing that for sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, if I can make another point. Absolutely, please. So as a leader, especially in a business organization, you know, you have the hierarchical authority. So because of your position and rank, you know, you can order people and, you know, you can tell them to do it. You know, they may do it if they don't have a choice for a while, but that's not how you get buy-in. That's not how you inspire. So my suggestion is instead of using your hierarchical authority, use moral authority, you know. So when you walk the talk and when you're genuine, you know, people will follow you. You don't need to be, you don't need to have a rank or a position or a title. Now, that's what we're talking about. You know, that's the leadership which which is inspiring and which helps in building great organizations. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. So, so here in, in part one of your book, you, there, there's a part where you talk about combining self-interest and, and altruistic connections to be that servant leader uh, that is required, right. you know, uh, in today's leadership. For today's right. leader, that up-and-coming CEO you know, what does that look like put into action? What, you know, how can they model that? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. How can they put that into action as they pro- progress forward in leading the organization, leading a business and things of that nature? Great question. What I find with the CEOs that I work with and CEOs in general, Dominic, you know, they have what I call professional mastery. So the, these folks have worked for many years, gone to school, got the experience, and they have mastered their craft, you know, be it engineering, science, finance, accounting, manufacturing, operations, whatever, they have mastered that craft. But to be a very successful CEO or to be the best you can be, there are, other, there are two other levels of mastery. You know, one is personal, so meaning uh, personal and organizations. So personal mastery is about being present, you know, not, not worrying about the future, which is uncertain, or not being held back. By, by the past. We all have a past. Absolutely. So it's about being present and being focused on right action now and, and, and dealing with the uncertainties that are around us all the time. In, a, in an uncertain world, in a complex world, in a volatile world, how do you stay present and focus on the right action? So that's that's personal mastery. And be in that state of inspired state, you know, where you're empathetic and grateful for what you have. So unless you imbibe those qualities within you, you know, you can be present and you can master yourself. So that's step one. The other part is organizational mastery. You know, once once you are demonstrating that capability, how do you inspire others to do the same? So those require a different different set of skills. So the answer to your question is most of them come with professional mastery. If some of them are fortunate, you know, in their background and upbringing, may have opportunity to express themselves uh, personally and be leaders of, of certain type. But in in most situations, this is what a CEO needs. And, and that's where I focus on personal mastery and organizational mastery that thank you for sharing all of that and speaking of mastery that actually leads me to my next question because you have a part in there 
uh, on page 157, and I want to read this quote really quickly, Startup Nation, to kind of provide some context. It says, quote, a leader, especially an enlightened leader, needs high self-esteem, not a large ego, end quote. So, you know, we see a lot of people uh, in Startup Nation. We have we see a lot of people out there in the business world, so here to where, you know, they really do uh, exude that confidence as they lead a team and stuff like that. But, you know, and some kind of, you know, uh, are looked at with a large ego. Why is it important to have like a high self-esteem, but not necessarily like a large ego? What's the difference between? This is a question which many, many experienced, successful leaders grapple with, to be honest with you, Dominic, is what is the role of ego? And the question I get normally is similar to what you're saying. Don't I need ego to be successful? Isn't ambition important? You know, without that, you know, how can I drive? How can I have the passion? Right. So, so the point of that is, you know, we have fundamentally two aspects to our life. You know, one is, of course, self-interest. So the self-interest is about driven by ego, where personal growth, ambition, and drive, and passion, and authority come from, right? So clearly, that's what makes us successful. However, there's also another aspect we all have, which is selfless service. You know, we like to contribute. We like to serve. So unless you give expression to both aspects of our nature, we are not living our life fully. We're not living is living in a state of inspiration, and we are not allowing others to express themselves fully. So my point is that in business organizations, we see a lot of self-interest, self-driven, ambitious, passionate folks who have had great success, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's wonderful. However, if you add the other element to it, you know, which we all have within us contribute to serve and not not leave that for after work for a nonprofit organization or or to do that work after you retire why not combine the both so we can get the most of ourselves and people around us so that's what i mean by selfless now you need ego to drive for self-interest and to drive ourselves and motivate people but to have selfless service it requires dropping the ego. Ego is no longer in the driver's seat. It is serving us now, right? And then right. So, and that happens, Dominic, when our self-esteem is high. So self-esteem and ego have inverse relationship. You know, when our ego is low, our self-esteem is very high. So we are confident, we're comfortable. We, we don't get flustered by criticism or feedback or other opinion. But if our ego is very high and self-esteem is low, then it's very hard for a leader to accept criticism, to take input, to, to, to drive an organization, you need that, right? It's not a one-person organization. You need a team of people. And uh, it's, it's very important to have that selfless service and self-esteem and low ego to be successful. I hear that. And, and that's a very interesting uh, point, Sud, here, because the thing is, is that, you know, you, you talk about like having a little bit of ego, but you have to know when to turn it off because I, I guess it just goes to, there's a time to use it and there's a time not to have it. There's a time to rely on other things. So I think that's very fascinating and very great value to start up. Exactly. And I appreciate you sharing that for sure. Exactly. So when does ego is, when is ego in the driver's seat and when is it in service? Absolutely. Absolutely. So ego is good for protecting ourselves, right? For self-interest, to protect ourselves, to be safe. But ego is not helpful when you want to serve and contribute and collaborate and work with each other unconditionally. I hear that. And it also kind of reminds me back to what you were saying earlier, kind of, you know, finding that balance. Uh, yeah. Sure. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, last point I want to kind of highlight in the book, you talk about success and greatness. And I want to read this uh, really quickly, so just bear with me, Startup Nation. It says, quote, to many in business, success is focused on material and intellectual dimensions. This means the company meets its financial targets of revenue growth and profitability, and individuals are reasonably compensated while being offered work that is intellectually stimulating. However, an increasing number of employees and professionals are no longer satisfied with this narrow focus, end quote. And so when I read that quote suit here, it reminds me about how we're always hearing these news stories and these articles and these TED Talks about millennials and Gen Zers who care a little bit more about the social side of business than it is just the, 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 the spreadsheets and the numbers and the transactions and the uh, 
uh, the metrics, if you will. Uh, is that what kind of inspired that part of the book, you know, or was, or is that something that's always been there in business, but is now just being highlighted a little bit more? What, what are your take on that? There you go. It's always as human beings, it's a human need. It's a human necessity okay. to live our life fully. However, you know, it's we didn't think we had a choice. You know, back back in the day when I was working in the late eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. this is exactly how I was how I was thinking. You know, you could say. I was a millennial back then, but most of right. my colleagues and folks, they just start here. What are you talking about? You know, I don't think you have a choice. This is this is how work is supposed to be. So no, nobody dared ask those questions or pursue that path. I think it's a fundamental human need, which is coming up more and more with the, with the current generation. But I, I wouldn't say it wasn't there. You know, it's most of us thought probably didn't have a choice. You no, know, we. Gotcha. As I said earlier, compartmentalized our lives. Go to work, use your mind, uh, get a paycheck, and if you want to express other aspects of your life, you know, do that outside work. Gotcha. That was the thinking. Gotcha. Well, let me ask you this: how, how do we just kind of a follow up on that? In, in your opinion, how do we make that shift from that's how it has to be, as opposed to now we have a choice? Do you think the consumer has drove driven this point? Or just a change in uh, in society as we address more social issues in business in politics. I, I guess I want to know what your commentary is on that. What what's your opinion about that? If you don't mind me asking. Yes, I think they're all connected, Dominic. Okay. So so the awareness, the consciousness is shifting. I hear right? that. So we we as a developed nation, you know, I, I think to to keep it brief, I would say to summarize three aspects of it. Right. So okay. three aspects of growth. First is to make a living. You know, it's it's about survival and getting the basic needs. So I think as a nation, we have, for the most part, you know, in spite of all the challenges many folks have, you know, we still have poverty. Of course. But 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 the majority of the folks are in the second phase. It's not about basic needs, but it's about growth and intellectual stimulation. I hear that. And the third third phase, after you satisfy your personal growth needs and ambitions and desires. Yeah is now you want to serve, you want to contribute. I think what we are seeing in, in our society in general, and it, it, it applies to leaders, employees, consumers, is we are making this transition from phase two or 2.0 to 3.0, where it's no longer sufficient just to make money, just to make a lot of money, just to grow. I think we want to do more than that. You know, We want to collaborate, we want to contribute, we want to serve and do something noble. So when that awakening happens, the old model starts to fall off. You know, for example, one of the landmark events that happened a few months ago is, you know, our model, our business model has been based on share-centric, shareholder-centric model. Right? Right. So for the, for, for the longest time, uh, shareholder supremacy was, was critical. For the first time in history, last year, about 181 of the top companies, corporations, and CEOs, you know, including guys like Jeff Bezos and of, of Amazon and Tim Cook of, of Apple, mm-hmm. they said that business has a larger purpose. So they have to take care of not just the shareholders, but all the stakeholders, meaning employees, suppliers, community, et cetera. So when that shift happens collectively, then that means it's time for the, for the business model to change and even, even, the, even for the politics. You know, and then I don't mean to wait too much into that, but the silver lining in this too, Dominic, is, we you know, we talk about polarization and how we are divided. Absolutely. But this is something our forefathers predicted a long time ago, because mm. what happens is when the collective awareness has not risen, we are comfortable with either or, right? The guys on the left say we are right, guys on the right are wrong, and vice versa. Right. But when the collective consciousness rises, we're saying, wait a minute. Nobody's fully right or fully wrong. Maybe it's best of both. So I think when, when that shift happens, then the, the, the either or solutions, the, the left and right and the two-party system or in the business environment, you know, being just passionate and authoritative is no longer enough. You, know, you have to add compassion and care and empathy to it. So in business, in society, in politics, we're going through that shift which means there has to be a fundamental shift that hap- needs to happen in the model in, in how businesses are run and how 
leaders are, are elected and governed. I think that shift is coming. All right, Startup Nation, so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. Once again, my name is Dominic Lawson, and you're listening to The Startup Life. The Startup Life is powered by Ladder. Startup Nation, as an entrepreneur, you are the engine that powers your business. We have had many entrepreneurs on the show, from those that played Division II basketball, quite a few Ironman participants, and even an NFL quarterback. And the one thing they all have in common is that they know getting early morning workout wins leads to business success for the day. However, it's super important what fuel you use for your workout to get that early morning success. And that's where Ladder comes in. Ladder is a sports nutrition company founded by LeBron James and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Unlike other supplements, every batch is tested by a third party that is trusted by all major professional sports organizations, including the NBA, NFL, MLB, and more to verify the highest standards for quality, but more importantly, safety. Ladder's goal is to help you unlock your best in any situation. Right now, that means access to special offers and expert advice from their community. Personally, I like superfood greens. Not only does it include the most essential nutrients that are hard to get in your diet, like magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, and vitamin D, they also included the Rodelio root, which helps keep you healthier when stress is high, but also it helps support immunity according to many studies. Use code BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off everything site-wide at ladder.sport. That's BETTEREVERYDAY for 30% off at ladder.sport. So maybe you're not trying to be a four-time league MVP or a seven-time Mr. Olympia, but you still need the tools to elevate your health that elevates your business. So go with Ladder and prepare to get better every day. Tresta powers this episode of The Startup Life. Okay, Startup Nation, I want to talk to you about our sponsor, Tresta. Tresta is an app for iPhone and Android that lets you do business calling and texting from anywhere. I know so many entrepreneurs that are still using their, their personal phone number for business calls. It can get complicated drawing the line between your personal and professional life. Startup Nation, this is the best business phone app out there. Whether you just need a business phone number or if your team is ready for a complete business phone system, Tresta is totally flexible and can grow with your business. And it's all unlimited. Calling, texting, and all of the powerful call management features like auto attendance, call recording, user groups, and more for just $15 per user per month. With Tresta, there's no contract and you don't need any special hardware, just your smartphone you're already using. Tresta is easy to configure so you can set everything up yourself, all online avoiding all the hassle and high overhead costs of setting up a traditional business phone system, which is important because as entrepreneurs, we are always trying to cut cost and time. They're often a 30-day free trial so you can see if Tresta's virtual phone system is right for you. Communicate smarter and more efficiently with Tresta. Start now at Tresta.com forward slash Startup Life. That's T-R-E-S-T-A dot com forward slash Startup Life. The link is there in the show notes if you're listening on the podcast. Tresta, business communication simplified. Startup Nation, we tell you all the time that no one does anything great on their own. That includes starting a business or a nonprofit or even becoming a thought leader or an influencer. My point is that you need a team to do it successfully and responsibly. And that is why you should contact DR and Associates. Danielle and her team provide branding solutions along with digital and social media marketing that provide tangible results you are looking for. No matter if you are a Fortune 500 company or an author looking to make an impact, DR and Associates needs to be part of your team. They are one of the few firms whose leadership has been recognized by Google, which is proof of concept that they are very good at what they do. Contact DR and Associates today to grow your online presence. The number is 615-933-3681, or you can visit their website at drandassociates.com. Also, make sure you follow their Facebook page as well. DR and Associates, providing real clients with real results. All right, Startup Nation, welcome back as we continue our conversation with today's guest here on The Startup Life. Once sure. again, Startup Nation, we are talking to Suhir Chattelavada, the author of CEO Mastery Journey. And, and you mentioned, you know, politics and stuff like that. And I want to remind Startup Nation that we are a political show uh, and, and we do not lean either way. But I want to ask you this in relation to uh, your book and the work that you do. 
because at, you live there in California, and we saw uh, news reports from the Seattle Times and New York Times about how the governor there, uh, Gavin Newsom, has declared, you know, uh, the state of California as a nation state, if you will, and that they were just kind of look inward to kind of fix the problems due to COVID-19 and stuff like that. Uh, and maybe not necessarily take guidance from the president or something like that. And I want to ask you this, is that lead- because the thing is, when we're talking about a governor, that's an executive level position, like a CEO or president or something like that. When we, right. when we see stuff like that, is that leadership or is that insubordination? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great question. I, I love that question. You know, for me, the, the leadership that we're talking about, the greatness and the three-point leadership I, I, I mentioned, sure. it is about collaboration and working together. And when common sense prevails, I hear that. you know, there's, there's, there are things we can, we can agree on and work together. So in a situation like this, you know, the common sense stuff to do is find that balance between we as a nation have to keep the economy growing, of, of course, but we also have a right to protect our citizens and to be safe and be healthy. Absolutely. Right? So finding that right balance is not easy, as, as you know. Right. And, and I think even the best minds might not fully agree with it. So the idea is having that debate, you know, ha- having that discussion without taking it personally. One thing I say, is it's not about being right, but it's about finding the right solution. And when we do that, you know, in business organizations and in politics, the right solutions emerge. I think we're in that phase right now, Dominic, is mm-hmm. what is the right thing to do? Is there a healthy disagreement? You know, if there is a disagreement, I would say it more as a healthy disagreement because that. The, both both mean well, right? So you, you can't question the intention in this case, let's say the governor of California or the president of America. Of they course. both are wanting to do the right thing. I right? 100% agree with that. So the methods and procedures, processes may be different. And I think that's where we need to have patience and tolerance and skill, I would have to say, that the self-esteem and low ego to work together and find the right solution. And I am hoping that, you know, with time, that's what will prevail. You know, we'll have this cooperation among governors, among states, you know, with, with, and so we pick the best of each. And, you know, if, uh, states can be, it's to me. It's about being interdependent. You know, in, independence is not ideal. You know, depend. There, there's a stage. Uh, I think Stephen Covey used to say, "Move you move from dependence to independent to interdependence." Mm. The superior state is independence. So my answer would be to your question: We have to be interdependent. You know, you can have autonomy as as a state to do the right thing, but also be connected with the whole. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing. All of that for sure. And one of the things that I definitely pick up from that startup nation is healthy disagreement with this, uh, this country, this world, mind you, could use a lot more of healthy disagreements. So thank you for sharing that. There you go. Sure, for sure. I I, want to ask you this, you know, uh, last question related to COVID-19, because, you know, obviously a lot of people are that's kind of on the forefront of a lot of our minds here. Uh, But we're seeing a lot of, you know, in references to the CEOs, we've seen a lot of CEOs and executives um, slash their own pay. Uh, Some are, you know, either are either taking half or some are just taking no pay uh, as this global pandemic kind of runs its course, if you will. And we were talking earlier about the uh, the genuineness of certain actions from CEOs and stuff like that, because I imagine there are some consumers who look at this stuff as like, and just kind of roll their eyes like, look, he's already got billions of trillions of dollars anyway. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt him regardless. So right. uh, if, if I'm a, uh, a high-level CEO and I'm making six figures and I slash my pay and stuff like that, what are some of those things I can do to relate to not only uh, my team members uh, that work with me, but also the consumer base that I'm serving that, you know, it's a genuine act and that I am doing it in the best interest uh, of the customer and in the best interest of the organization? Very important question, Dominique. And, and this, this actually expands to the society too. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, our goal, I, I think most reasonable people would say you know, in a business organization, you want to build a meritocracy. You, know, you, want to risk, you want to provide equal opportunity for everybody to succeed and give their best. Right. At the same time, you, know, you want to reward people who are working harder and who are producing more. 
the, the trick, though, is, you know, how do you balance that? So the, the reason why you know, socialism failed was they did not do a very good job of, of rewarding high performers very well. Right now, the, the, now the capitalism, unless it's practiced well, could 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 also have a problem. Right? right. So unless we get the balance right, it's about being rewarding people who are doing well. But at the same time, there has to be the gap cannot be too large and unconscionable. Right. So, right. so how a business can set an example, for example, is, uh, you know, in, in times of crisis, as long as your people are all working hard, working well together, then you can share the pain. So sharing the pain, you know, it, it goes a long way, especially when people feel like the t- team members are pulling their weight, too. However, if half your team members are slacking off and, and not doing their job, sharing the pain may not be very effective. So a CEO's job is A, to make sure that that he or she is running a meritocratic organization. And once people there are doing well and giving their best, now let's talk about sharing the pain. Gotcha. I think that's the balance, you know, I work with the CEOs uh, myself. And this is how you can set an example for the larger problem we as a nation are, are, are facing and the world in general, the, the inequality. Right. I think we have done a remarkable job in the last 200 years in alleviating poverty and, and generating more wealth. Right. But, but where we are struggling with the inequality, you know, how can we reduce that gap? And the answer to that, Dominique, as business leaders, we can set an example within the organization by building a meritocratic organization, but managing the gap reasonable. You know, some, some leaders like uh, John Mackey of Whole Foods they have they have something called a 20 to 1 ratio. The, the highest compensation within the organization is not more than 20 times the median compensation. Gotcha. Now that's that, that that seems like a reasonable model. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to reward people who do well, right? Who work hard and who add value. Nobody grudges that. But if the gap is millions of times, I think that's that's when the issues and the challenges come within the organization in terms of employee engagement and within societies in terms of not being satisfied with, with the government and unrest, social unrest. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. So Startup Nation, sure. if, if you ever want to connect with uh, Sud here, uh, go to his website, SudhirChatterLavada.com. We have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the replay on the podcast. All types of great content and resources there uh, for you, Startup Nation, to kind of check out, to kind of start your have to that C-suite uh, if you're working the nine to five, the traditional nine to five, if you will. So Sud here, I want to ask you this, just kind of share with uh, Startup Nation some of the value that you have, you know, uh, on your website, you know, uh, from where they can purchase your book. That's also in the show notes, Startup Nation, to kind of purchase the book, to contact you, to even your blogs, just kind of share a little bit about your website and, and the resources there for uh, Startup Nation to kind of take advantage of. Absolutely. One of the feedbacks I get a lot Dominic, from from the readers and colleagues and people who have read the book or reading the book, mm-hmm. you know, they say that you have packed a lot of information into that, and they're, they're reading and rereading it because it's my life's journey, right? I put personal and organizational mastery into it, and I packed a lot of stuff inside it. So what I'm doing now with the website and and others is, you know, how do I give bite-sized information, which is which is valuable? You know, I have articles there. For example, the shift from shareholder-centric to stakeholder-centric model. Right. Now, what is personal mastery? What's organizational mastery? You know, how do you inspire? How do you resolve conflicts? How do you communicate authentically? So the website is providing those that, that information in, in smaller chunks for folks to understand and use it immediately for their practical needs. I hear that. And Startup Nation, you know, on one of the blog posts, it's titled, Stay Present, Unleash Your Full uh, potential. Uh, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier about tennis and Boris Becker. Uh, I, I'm always fascinated by people who uh, do similar work that you do suit here, you know, and teachers and stuff like that, that they always use, you know, things from uh, from other sources to kind of, you know, share their point, you know, prove their point or uh, accentuate their point. Uh, and and right. you use tennis and Boris Becker, who is one of the all time greats, uh, you right. know, tennis players for sure. Kind of talk about, you know, 
you know, stay president, unleash your full potential, and what you was trying to get at when you was using the example with Boris Becker? It's so staying present is is what we as human we all desire that, right? So when right. you're present and you're not bothered by the thoughts of past and future, there is a certain amount of not just the focus and productivity and engagement. There, there is a joy and a bliss that comes from within us. Now, that's the reason why we love travel, because the change of scene makes you stay focused more on the present. So staying present is so important in, in all facets of life, you know, especially in, in sports. So Boris Becker, I think this was not necessarily conscious. He was 17 years old when he won the Wimbledon, in, uh, I think, back in 84. Right. But, but he had this remarkable gift, right? So he would make a poor shot, and he would immediately forget that. For us, for, for most of us, it's so difficult when, when you tank a shot, especially if it's an easy one, it stays with you for the next two or three points. And this kind of remarkable gift to, to stay present, forget the past, now let me give the best I can. So, so staying present and these skills, by the way, you know, which, which leads me to another question. I can answer your question with a, by including another question, sure, Dominic, is, sure. is, is leadership learned or acquired? So many, many of these things, yeah, so many of these things we're talking about, right? self-esteem, empathy, and gratitude. So we all have a certain capacity for this, right? So some of us are naturally gifted in these areas more than the others. Right. However, however, everyone, all of us can get better in all these areas. There are things you can do to become more present, to be more grateful. You know, so it's, but this, this is inner practice, right? You go within yourself, know yourself, and calm down and be mindful. That's when you improve your state of presence. So it's very important not only for, for tennis players and athletes, but for leaders and CEOs. And just we are all CEOs of our own lives. So even to lead our own lives, it's extremely important to stay present. And the key is we can all get better at it. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that. For sure. So I, I, I know that you, you've spoken at, you know, uh, many different organizations, Fortune 500 companies, mid-size companies and things of that nature. When people ask you, Sudhir, here to come and speak to their organization, you know, what's the number one thing they're they're either trying to fix or what's the number one thing they're asking you to kind of really drive home to their audience and to their team members? I think whatever the question they have that there's always an underlying question dominic gotcha so so you know they might say you know how do you inspire us what does a future leader look like you know how do you work with conflicts how do you impl- uh, improve employee engagement or how do you build a great organization how do you build an aligned team of leaders there may be multiple topics but the underlying theme is always the same gotcha. right how how do you how do you build exceptional organizations where we are profitable and purposeful? I right. That. I think in the in the past we thought business was all about making profit. Now we are recognizing that it's not just about profit; it's about purpose. And the more purposeful you are, the more profitable you can become. So it's 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 a cycle, right? It's it's a mutually reinforcing cycle. So it bought, the fundamental question I think they all have is. How do we make it purposeful and how do we make it profitable? In fact, there's a very interesting study conducted by Ernst Young and and, uh, Oxford University who said 87% of the top business leaders today believe that business has a larger purpose, but only 37% know how to get there. So most of my work, my speaking engagements and consulting is about that, helping them convert their intent to build a purposeful and profitable organization into impactful action. So which means that fundamentally the model that we're using to evaluate, to communicate, to make decisions, to strategize, the, the model has to shift from me-centric, egocentric, self-centered model to selfless, egoless, empathetic, purposeful way of doing things. It's exactly the same things. What we do doesn't change. But how we do changes, you know, how we communicate, how we decide, how do we evaluate performance, how do we strategize, how do you conduct meetings, and how do you compensate people? So that's where the real opportunity is, and that's where a lot of questions come from. I hear that. I hear that. Purpose leads to profit, Startup Nation. Purpose leads to profits. I, I appreciate you sharing that uh, 
for sure, Sahir. Right. For sure. Uh, so let me ask you this, you know, because there's there's many CEOs out there, uh, you know, in, in the business world and things of that nature. If you could just pick one right now that you could just work with, just pluck them out and put them in your office today, who would that CEO be and why? And maybe not they're not like struggling or anything, but you know you can get them to the next level. Who is that that dream client of yours? <laughs> uh, Jeff Bezos would be one of them. Okay. Okay. Uh, the reason I say that, in fact, uh, is, is because Jeff is an exceptional brain, right? He's a, he, he, has a, he has a service, he has a model, which is pioneering and, and, the, and the business and the company is doing exceptionally well. Now, if you if can add the other element to it, so it's extremely profitable, you know, clearly it's serving a need, it's, it's customer driven, and so all of that is going well for them. Now, how wonderful would it be that you, you set an example as a conscious leader, as a conscious business organization, and shift from a shareholder-centric model to a stakeholder-centric model? Not only are your customers loving you, not only are your shareholders loving you, how about the employees and the other stakeholders? Now, it becomes an exceptional place to work. You're, you're highly rewarded, and work becomes meaningful and you get the most out of your life and you give yourself your best version. I think that example starts from the top. And when Jeff makes that shift from being an exceptionally bright, highly intellectual leader to adding more, more emotion and purpose and spirit for a larger cause, it'll be awesome. And I think those are the kind of leaders we need in business and in society and in politics. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. Once again, Startup Nation, we're actually wrapping up with Sudhir Chattalavada, the author of CEO Mastery Journey, Seven Breakthrough Practices That Propel Successful Leaders to Greatness. And if you want to purchase that book, we have a link there in the show notes uh, for easy access. I definitely think you want to add that Startup Nation uh, to your entrepreneurial toolkit. Whether you're an entrepreneur or uh, a career-minded professional and you're, you're thinking about getting to that C-suite one day, you definitely want to put this uh, in your toolkit for sure. So, you know, suit here, we were talking earlier off, you know, off the, uh, off air and stuff like that. You're talking about, you got a, you got a, a family full there at the house and stuff like that due to everything that's going on and stuff like that. What are some of those right. family fun activities you guys are doing since you're kind of all together and you kind of have that time now to kind of do <laughs> that stuff? Yeah. What, what are some of the things you guys doing for fun? It's a lot of stuff for fun. You know, we're eating good food, cooking together, and, you know, staying healthy. It's, it's important gotcha. to eat healthy food. So we're we are cooking together, you know, watching some wonderful movies together. We're playing some word games. Okay. And, and most importantly, you know, spending the time with each other and asking, you know, what is our highest goal and how, how can we help each other to be the best we can be? I hear that. I hear that. So practicing what, what I preach, you know, with myself and with the family. I hear that. And, you know, just kind of talk about a little bit, Sue here, if you would, how that reconnection with family can be so important to your business career, entrepreneurial ventures and stuff like that. Because I imagine that plays a huge part. It's a huge part. And this is what I, I share with the CEOs too. Mm -hmm. So, which actually brings up a very good point, Dominic, is most successful professionals and CEOs, as I said, have a very strong intellect. They're very passionate, very driven, very authoritative and accountable. Right. Now, now, the fear most of us have when we're operating in that state is, wait a minute, if I become more empathetic and if, I'm, if I empower people more, you know, if I let my guard down, if I become vulnerable, will I lose the edge? Will they lose the edge? Mm. You know, will the productivity somehow drop? Right. But the answer is exactly the opposite. Because you know, once you're operating at that state, you don't go back. By adding empathy and gratitude and empowering people, what I find based on my own experience and with many other leaders that I work with, you become even more passionate. By adding compassion, you become even more passionate. By adding empathy, you become even more authoritative. By, being, by empowering, you become even more accountable. So that kind of practice, by the way, comes from, from family and friends. When you, when you use every opportunity and every interaction to be more empathetic, more grateful, more open, more transparent, more authentic, 
it only makes you even more passionate, even more powerful, even more inspiring. So spending that family time connecting with people makes us better human, not only better human beings, but better professionals, better team players at work, and better leaders for sure. I hear that. Thank you for sharing all of that for sure. So, Sudhir, here, let me ask you this. What's your superpower and why? <laughs> you know, in fact, uh, one of the CEOs I was talking about talking to yesterday, he said, you know, I don't know, Sudhir, how you figure a person out within minutes? And you seem to know exactly what they're like, what ticks them, and what makes them what makes them move. Right. And I, I think that superpower is something we all have, Dominic, you know, because at the end of the day, we are all human beings have the same needs, have the same desires, and have the same drives. And ultimately, it's about having fun, being purposeful, uh, being joyful, having a meaning in life, and contributing. That's what drives us, right? So we are fundamentally driven by the same characteristics. So when you go within and understand yourself, who is Sudhir? What does he want? What makes him tick? What's he good at? What makes him upset? What makes him joyful? When I understand that about myself, not only do I know who I am, I get to know who Dominic is, who I get to know my family. Anybody else I interact with, you can just figure them out. I hear that. And and that's the superpower that we all have the capacity for. And I am fortunate to have been to have nurtured that. I was not born with it, obviously. You know, I worked at it. Right. And 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 I now I my, my goal is to share that with anybody and everybody who's interested. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing. All of that for sure. And before I ask the last question, Sue here, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on uh, the Startup Life. You gave amazing value. You gave amazing content that we can all chew on uh, as soon as this episode ends and definitely put in our entrepreneurial toolkit. And once again, Startup Nation, the book is CEO Mastery Journey, Seven Breakthrough Practices That Propel Successful Leaders to Greatness. You get, we have a link there in the show notes for easy access if you're listening to the podcast. Also, SudhirChatterLavala.com is there in the show notes for easy access as well. So Sudhir, I'm actually going to turn the microphone over to you because there's an entrepreneur out there. There's a business leader out there uh, who, who's feeling a little, you know, a little stuck. They're feeling a little, you know, uh, not really sure what the next move is, given everything that's going on. Kind of give them some words of encouragement to take us on out for today, if you would. Absolutely, Dominic. First, I want to say thank you for having me on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. You asked the right questions and brought out the best out of me. Absolutely. So I appreciate the time and you know loved sharing uh, the, the value that I can offer to Startup Nation. So I would address your folks, Startup Nation folks, and say that this is the greatest time in recorded human history to be in business, to be a business leader. Because not only do you run a business to make a living, you can make a difference. You can contribute not only for yourself, for your employees, but be a role model for the society. Because, because the, this is the first time in human history that business leaders are the most powerful and most impactful. The power has shifted in the last 200 years from religious leaders to military, to political, to business. So it's a sacred responsibility that I would take it seriously and uh, inspire yourselves and inspire others to do the same and set an example and be a role model and a lot of these practices, by the way, it's about common sense, going within, doing what's right. What makes you a good human being will make you an exceptional business person, an exceptional business leader. So that's my my message. So go out there, work hard, be successful, and inspire others to do the same. And be a role model and set an example so we can deal with the larger social challenges like inequality and polarization. So that's the best way we can contribute and make it Thank you so much for all of that. And that's going to wrap up this session of the Startup Life Suit here. Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you want to let us know what you think about our show, have an idea for a show topic, or would like to advertise on our show, send us a message on the Startup Life Podcast Facebook page. And while you are there, like and follow our page as well. It's a great way for us to engage with you, Startup Nation, and really grow our community. The link is there in the show notes. Subscribe to the show as it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or even on your Facebook timeline or any other platform you like to get your podcast. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you find our content valuable, 
please give us a five-star rating as it will help us climb the charts and help more people find our show. You can also listen to the show on the Startup Life Podcast new website. There, you will find the all-new Startup Blog where I write on many topics that are interesting and helpful to you on your path to entrepreneurship. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the Startup Life.